The KB Radio Podcast Network is proud to present Can't Wait Wednesdays. And now, here's your host, Kevin Reed. Well, greetings, everyone, and welcome to Can't Wait Wednesdays here on the KB Radio Network. I am your host, Kevin Reed, and this is the show where we preview upcoming films of the weekend. And wouldn't you know it, this weekend is Christmas. So Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. That's the end of the show. No, Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, I hope this holiday season has been treating you swell as it's been for me. I, I've I've really enjoyed this year, even though I haven't been in a quote unquote holiday spirit. I'm, I have been in a good mood. I mean, as of today, well, the time of the release of this, our Christmas tree would be up. But as I'm recording this, our Christmas tree isn't up. And yes, it is a week, less than a week until Christmas. I mean, it it just hasn't been that type of year. I guess I guess because we're thrown off of the groove of the children being home, and uh, you know, even though they're home now for the holiday, but you know, it, it just it don't have that same oomph as it normally do for Christmas. But I am jolly, but I'm jolly all through the year, believe it or not. <laughs> but I'm extra jolly because I don't know what my family is getting me for Christmas. I don't know. But Hollywood is giving us a few things for Christmas. You like what I did there? Yes, we have some real good films that is coming out this weekend. Actually, today. On this Wednesday, at the time of this release, we have a couple of films that are out. Uh, We have a Netflix film. We have uh, two theatrical films as well as a a streaming service. And we also, as we do every Wednesday, throughout the first season of Hawkeye, we have our Hawkeye review of episode, what, six is it? I don't even remember, but we have our spoiler review of that episode and the season finale episode comes out today on Disney Plus. So we have so much to get into. So let's not prolong the time. Let's jump right in to our can't waits this week. And our first can't wait is a little film that um, I didn't even know about, honestly, until I saw like a, a, a production still and I'm like what is this <laughs> what is this uh because it was Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence and I didn't know I'm like oh they they were in a movie together that's interesting because I haven't seen Leo in a, a bit of minutes since I seen him in a film and Jennifer Lawrence I haven't seen her since Dark Phoenix and I can understand why you were going to hide and after Dark Phoenix. What that was about two, three years ago. I think everybody who was associated with that film should have went into hiding. Um, went into confessional and 
<laughs> meditated, whatever it is, they needed to do that. That movie was, but hey, this looks great. And the film that they're starring in together is Don't Look Up. Um, Don't Look Up is a 2021 American satirical science fiction comedy written, produced, and directed by Adam McKay. And Adam McKay is a premier filmmaker in Hollywood, man. He has made some of the best comedies, I would say, in the past 20 years. Uh, Anchorman, Step Brothers, Talladega Nights. <laughs> um, uh, 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 he co-wrote Ant-Man. The, the list goes on. He, he has done a lot of good work. He's also did some satirical comedy films as well this isn't his first you know venture into this genre but he he did the big short which i believe was nominated for best picture if i'm not mistaken um which also had an ensemble cast good film he did uh it wasn't satirical but he did a quasi biographical film called vice uh, about dick cheney and uh which starred Kristen bell uh, which got him an Academy Award nomination. That that film, if you know anything about Dick Cheney, um, you know how that film was. And if you don't know anything about Dick Cheney, go ahead and watch Vice. <laughs> it's, it's it is it is entertaining. I'll tell you that much. But it's funny. So we we fast forward to right now. We have this satirical comedy. And it's, as I read, it is a science fiction film as well. And it stars, as I've stated before, Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence as two low-level space nuts, <laughs> I would say, uh, attempting to warn mankind via a social media media tour uh, to warn everyone about an approaching comet that is set to destroy planet earth the film also stars rob morgan jonah hill tyler perry ron perlman timothy chalamet ariana grande uh kate blanchett and meryl streep yes they round out this ensemble cast i mean my goodness <laughs> that is a cast boy wow um and it's set to have many, many cameo appearances as well. Uh, the film is a satirical uh, depiction of media, government, and cultural indifference to the crisis of climate change. The film is set to be released this Friday, Christmas Eve, December the 24th, on Netflix. The film so far... Uh, due to his limited theatrical release, which was on the 10th of this month, uh, has received mixed reviews from critics uh, who praised the cast, but found McKay's approach to the subject heavy handed. Despite the reviews, it was named one of the top 10 films of the year by the National Board of Review and American Film Institute and received four nominations at the 79th Golden Globe Awards, including Best Picture, Musical or Comedy, and six nominations at the 27th Critics' Choice 
awards, including Best Picture, which blows my mind. The critics are mixed, yet at the Critics' Choice Award is nominated for Best Picture. I don't know what that says for every other film or to this one, but there you have it. But I am very, very excited for this. This looks like a... Uh, uh, one of those films, you know, because I'm real big on ensemble casts. I love movies with ensemble cast. My first time watching a film with an ensemble cast was an old film. Uh, it's a mad, mad, mad world. I probably missed a mad in there, but there's a lot of mads. But it's a mad, mad, mad world. I love that movie. I can watch that movie today. It's one of my top favorite movies of all time. They remade it a few years ago. Rat Race, horrible, <laughs> horrible remake. Uh, just go watch the original. Um, I think Sp Spencer Tracy, and I'm not gonna go to the name because it, it's a lot of people in it. A lot of people. I love ensemble films, and so and this is a very well versed ensemble cast. And I mean, from every genre you can think of, every time period you could think of. I mean, Meryl Streep and Ariana Grande are in a film together. <laughs> who who knew? Tyler Perry and Timothy Chalamet are in a film together. I, I, it, it's just mind blowing to me. So this is this looks like it's gonna be awesome. I trust Adam McKay. I love all his films. Is his he knows comedy. He is great at his job. So I'm excited. Can't wait. Uh. This Christmas Eve, December the 24th, on Netflix, you have Don't Look Up. All right, that's our first one. So, if you want to get out to the theater and see a movie that's, that has been delayed 350 times due to the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, boy, do I have a film for you. The King's Man. Uh, this is a movie, I mean, granted I wasn't clamoring for this movie, to be fully honest. I wasn't clamoring for it, because this is the third film in this franchise. I loved the first one. I love Kingsman. Kingsman was the biggest shock of that year. I believe that was, what, 2014? Um, It came out. Biggest shock. Biggest surprise, I I did not see that film coming, and it hit me, and I loved it. And three years later, we got Kingsman, The Golden Circle, which I did not like. It had its parts, but overall, as a film, I did not like. Uh, so this film, The Kingsman, is a prequel. Um. The Kingsman is an upcoming period spy action film directed by Matthew Vaughn, who directed the other two films as well, uh, which he also co-wrote. Uh, this is the third installment in the Kingsman film series, which is based on the comic book, The Secret Service by Mark Miller and Dave Gibbons. Uh, the film serves as a prequel to nine, uh, 19, Lord. To 2014's Kingsman's, Kingsman, The Secret Service, and 2017's Kingsman, The Golden Circle. The film features 
an ensemble cast as well. Here we go with the ensemble casts. Uh, Ray Fiennes, who serves as one of the film's exec executive producers as well. Uh, Gemma Arton, uh, Matthew Good, Dave Hollander, Harris Dickinson, uh, Daniel Brühl, German Hensu, and Charles Dance. Uh, I am looking forward to this. Uh, after seeing all the promotional period for the past two years, um, <laughs> it looks like it's really. I love the act. I love the way Matthew Vaughn shoots action. I I love his style. is very unique. Um, these act you could tell these actors are really in the action. Um, I, yeah, I, it's not much I can say. Um, the premise of <laughs> the premise of the film, uh, as a collection of his history's worst tyrants and criminals mastermind criminal masterminds gather to plot a war to wipe out millions one man and his protege must race against time to stop them um this basically if you know anything about uh the the, the story of the kingsman um uh it is a government organization well not really good it's an independent spy organization and where it where the film picks up in 2014 is an already established organization so this is basically the birth of that organization um the king's man and we see how it all started and how it all came to be this looks interesting like i said the action looks great uh all the actors involved ray fines ray fines as accomplished as he is as cherished as he is as an actor i honestly honestly don't believe he has gotten the love he deserves i i've been loving ray fines in film for as long as i can remember you know i mean that man had me watch the english patient it was a boring movie. <laughs> the movie was boring, but I, I I sat down and watched it because he was in it. He was he was interested. He is interested in everything. I loved him in Red Dragon. Um, you know the prequel to uh, Silence of the Lambs, and he played the serial killer in that. And I loved his character in that. I loved his portrayal in that film, uh, and countless others. Currently, he's M in the uh james bond films uh so he, he's he's a little older now a little grizzled now but it's good it's interesting to see him in this action film you know so i'm i'm, I'm excited because i never saw um colin firth in an action film either you know i thought uh, i couldn't picture it that's why that movie that's why the first film caught me by surprise and when I went to go see it, Colin Firth was a beast. I'm like, why doesn't he do action movies? <laughs> he is a beast. Um, but yeah, the King's Man. It it appears to be just. It, it looks like it's gonna be a joy to watch. It looks like just one of those fun movies, just one of those type of movies. So, um, hey, I'm all in. So you don't have to wait long. Actually, right now, after you finish listening to this show, it's out already, December 22nd, today, 
The Kingsman in theaters. Go check it out. I mean, it looks good. It looks good. I mean, if you watch the first two, you invested already. You might as well watch the third. That's where I'm at with it. And while being invested in sequels, <laughs> while being enriched in, uh, well, invested in uh, franchises, here's the franchise that I never thought in a million years we will see another installment of. But here we are. The Matrix Resurrections. <sighs> I, didn't, I didn't think this film would. I, I always felt. Now, you have your you have your critics of the original trilogy. OK, everybody, for the most part, loves the first one. I haven't heard a complaint about the Matrix. Um, the Matrix is what it is. It is a beautiful film, revolutionary film, um, changed action movies forever when it came out. So there's no complaints about that. But once you get into Matrix Reloaded and Matrix uh, Revolutions, that's when the waters start to get a little murky. There's a lot of division. Uh that they're not as good as the, you know, the original. And to be fair, you know, and it's hard. I know it's hard because I'm the same way. I'm not. Um, how can I put this? I don't. I try. I try not to compare sequels to the original. I don't like doing that because it's not fair to the film, you know, but. I'm human, just like everybody else. You can't help but say, well, it's not it's not as good as the first one. Or it's not good as that movie that's like that. Or you know, you know what I'm saying? Comparing it. I, I hate comparing. I, I, I hate that. But I do it. <laughs> you know? And I can admit it. I can admit I'm wrong. I'm wrong for doing that, honestly. Um but um you shouldn't have to compare. But when you're telling a overall story, which those three films did. You really can't compare. You got to look at it as one feature because it was a continuous story throughout the three films. It was a thread throughout those three films. Uh, they they were never meant to be set apart from each other. You know, for the you can make an argument that the Matrix itself, the first film, it can be set apart because it had a middle beginning and end. The sequels just piggybacked off of it. And what the sequels lack, especially reloaded, the second one, it was open-ended. And it was meant to be open-ended because it was a continuation coming later on, which it did with revolutions. And it just it just didn't feel complete. And when you release a film like that, you're taking a big chance. That's why it was such a risk. Um, and I know I'm going on this rant, but just bear with me for a second. And we, then we're going to get to the back to the film. It, that's why it was such a risk for new line cinemas to do the Lord of the ring franchise, because you're making all three films back to back and you're going to release one every year. If one of those films fail, everything else fails, falls apart. You know, especially the first one. The first one had to hook you. If the first one failed, 
it was no way those other two films would have been well they would have had to release because they already made they were they made them at the same time so uh, it, it, it was it was just it was a risk but it paid off for them they did the same thing with matrix reloaded and matrix matrix revolutions they made them at the same time and it just i don't know they it I felt they should have released them at the same time <laughs> because it was too much time in between. I think they were released the same year, but I could be wrong. But I, they they just didn't. I don't know. It just didn't. It just didn't get there. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it 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 didn't complete it for me. Even though it wrapped up that story. Um, which brings me to the Matrix Resurrections. The story was wrapped up. I mean, you had your happy ending. You had the sunshine. Literally, at the end, the sun came out, and it was it was over. So now what? Well, The Matrix Resurrections is a 2021 American science fiction action film produced produced co-written and directed by Lana Rachowski, uh, who directed with her sister the other two, uh, well, the other three Matrix films, but it's just her returning for this one it is the sequel to the matrix revolutions from 2003 and the fourth installment in the matrix film series returning reprising their roles from the previous films in the series is keanu reeves uh carrie ann moss uh lambert uh, lambert wilson and jada prickett smith Joining the cast is Yahya Abdul-Mahim II, Jessica Hardwick, Jonathan Grohl, Neil Patrick Harris, and Christina Ricci. The film is produced by Village Roadshow Pictures and distributed by Warner Brother Pictures. Uh, the Matrix Revolution, I mean, The Matrix Resurrections had its world premiere and Toronto, Canada on December the 16th and is scheduled to be released by Warner Brother Pictures theatrically in other countries on December 22nd. It will also screen digitally uh, on ad free tier of HBO Max in the US for a month beginning at the same time. It received gener generally positive reviews from critics uh, with praise for the performances and visual effects, but criticism for the writing and recasting of characters. Um, I can see that already. So the critics are pretty much on pace of what I already thought <laughs> we were going to get in this film. I mean, the visual... The visuals are the visuals. I, you can see that in the trailers. There's no spoilers there. The visuals looks awesome it looks amazing uh the performances i got all the faith in the world in keanu reeves carrie ann Moss. i know i know what they can do they know these characters they have they lived in this world they're gonna bring it so i'm not worried about the performances uh the writing i figured it'd kind of be a little off because that was a complaint about the other films you know <laughs> that was a complaint uh the recasting of characters uh most notably uh, Yahya Adu Mahin II, he plays Morpheus. Morpheus. Uh, Morpheus. I keep saying Morpheus. Morpheus. Uh, who was previously 
previously played in the why why am I keep my tongue keep blah, 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 blah. I don't know what's up with me today. <laughs> Let's try this again. Especially Yaya Adu Mateen the second. Maybe that's why my tongue was twisted. He plays Morpheus, who was previously portrayed in the other three films by Lawrence Fishburne. But in this version, we get a younger Morpheus. So um I'm pretty sure it will be explained why in the film. Um, but basically the criticism and, and the praise is pretty much what I is on the line with our thoughts. So I, I guess I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm good on what we um, um going to get out of this film. But here's the premise of the Matrix Resurrections. 20 years after the events of Matrix Revolutions. Neo lives a seemingly ordinary life under his original identity as Thomas A. Anderson in San Francisco with a therapist who prescribes him blue pills to counteract the strange and unnatural things he has been dreaming about. He also meets a woman who appears to be Trinity, but neither of them recognize each other. However, when a new version of Morpheus offers him the red pill and reopens his mind to the world of the matrix, which has become more secure and dangerous in the years since the Smith infection. Now, Neo must join a group of rebels to fight a new enemy. I am, I'm all in on this. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I mean, it's the matrix. I, when they first announced it full, for complete honesty, when they first uh, uh, announced this, one word flashed into my head. Why? 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 Just leave it alone. It's over. Just leave it alone. You you made the three films. It probably didn't land. That last one didn't land like you wanted it to, but it is what it is. Leave it alone. And I, I just couldn't picture it because around the time when they released it, uh, wow. When they said they were going to make it, um, Keanu Reeves, he wasn't attached. They they haven't locked down anybody. You know, it was supposed to be a new story, a new thing, which I'm, I'm fine with. I'm really fine with because it's, it's, it's like Star Wars. Star Wars films doesn't have to be about Skywalkers all the time. It's, it's Star Wars. It's a whole universe out there. There's a whole galaxy out there. Explore other stories. I'm fine with that. You know, so it doesn't have to be about Luke and and, and Princess Leia and, and and Darth Vader all the time. There are other characters in the Star Wars universe, just like the Matrix, which at, at around the time of, of its release, the Matrix was being compared to Star Wars as this generation's Star Wars. Didn't quite get there, but <laughs> I get where they were going with it. But um, there's other stories you can tell in this world. I'm, I'm, so you don't have to necessarily tell the story of Neo all the time. But I, I really have a feeling that is more to this than what meets the eye. Um, I don't think this story is going to go the way a lot of people, at least what I'm thinking is going to go. So that's the intrigue there. That's why I'm kind of excited for it. Uh, um but we'll see. We'll see. So um, right now, don't have to wait right now. 
if you want to go to the theater and see it, fine, you can go see it, which is probably recommended, you know, to see all the action and the special effects to get the real effect of it. Go to the theater. Now, I have a nice TV. I even have a surround sound system, but it's not the theater. <laughs> you know, you need that experience in certain films. You need to have that experience. But if you just can't. You can watch it on HBO Max, The Matrix Resurrections. All right. So that's our films for this week. That's what we have on the plate. So now let's get in. Let's get in, ladies and gentlemen, to the fifth episode. Fifth <laughs> of this season of Hawkeye. Uh, our spoiler review if you haven't seen the episode and you don't want to be spoiled this is your spoiler warning pause it right here go on click on disney plus watch it come back because we're about to discuss episode five titled ronin because there's a lot to be spoiled there's a lot to discuss and unpack in this episode um First and foremost, this once again was directed by Burton Bernie, um, who has done a phenomenal job. I think this is the last episode they direct. Uh, uh, episode six, the season finale, will be directed by uh, Race Thomas. But um, I digress. They've done an excellent job directing the what one, two, three, four episodes that they directed. Great, great job. No, three. Episodes that they directed. I mean, great. Um, I hope they have more coming in the MCU, if not the MCU anywhere. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'll become fans of theirs. I am officially fans of their directing. Love it. Love it. Well, the episode starts off. We go in the flashback to 2018 and we see uh, Yelena and another Black Widow go into a home of a woman named Anna and uh you know if you remember from uh Black Widow that Elena was going off to find other Black Widows and cure them of their brainwashing thing you know with that red mist stuff so uh this Anna woman allegedly was one of them so they go in there and they have a nice little fight and they finally get her down, hit her with the mist, and it doesn't work. Come to find out, she's not brainwashed. She's just a contract killer. <laughs> she just kills for she kills for money. And so, uh, while they're there, they're talking, yada yada yada. Uh, uh, Yelena, she goes to the bathroom, splashing water on her face, and all of a sudden, she gets snapped away. And then it dawns on you that it's 2018. And this is the moment of the snap. And she gets snapped away. And as soon as she being dusted, just then uh, instantly she's brought back together. Then the blip happened. So she got blipped. <laughs> and it went from 2018 to 2023, I guess. So it was five years. Five years, but it was five seconds for her. The bathroom changed colors. The door changed. The door was open and all this here. She walks back out. Anna is still there. But now Anna has a husband 
Anna has an, a, a little child, an adopted child. All the, the world just then changed, literally in an instant, for Yelena. And the first words she asked Anna, well, not the first words, but the last words that she asked Anna before uh, the title card came up is, "Where's her sister?" And we all know that her sister is dead now, sacrificed herself. To brain everyone back. Come to find out. To brain her back. So that is a lot to take in. <laughs> it's a lot to take in. Um, To see it from that perspective. And that's why I love Burton Bernie's direction here. Because this was one continuous take. Her walking into the bathroom. Turning on the water. Putting the water on her face. And then get blipped, aw blipped away. And blipped back. In an instant, and in that instant, within that instant, is five years. So for her, she just walked into a bathroom and walked out. But it's been five years, and everything has changed. Her entire world has changed. And you felt the weight of that in, in Florence Pugh. In Florence Pugh, people, I don't think you really understand <laughs> how awesome Marvel is doing in casting these people her acting in this whole episode really because this isn't an action driven episode this is more of a dialogue heavy episode being as though it's the penultimate episode leading up to the finale this episode if this doesn't give her an Emmy or a Golden Globe I don't know something's wrong because <laughs> this was act you felt the weight of that when she was sitting in that chair and i loved it it was just oh my god bro. you almost wanted to cry because you realize what she what what's going through her mind right now you go insane but you also got to think back to the other half of the population that was blipped away what are they experiencing right now just like that little girl that Anna adopted, we're assuming that she was adopted because her parents got blipped away. <laughs> you, you get where I'm coming from? So now the parents are coming back. Where's their daughter? You know, and now it's, it's you got this going on now. What is, you know? So this is weird. This is so weird. The blip, and I love phase four for this. If you've seen, uh, uh, all these uh, films in phase four that took place after the events of Endgame is really focusing on the trauma of what took place after the snap and what it took, what took place after the blip, you know, re returning and those trying to get reacclimated into the world and, you know, trying to function in this world that just has changed so much. But you only been gone for a couple of seconds, a couple of days, you know, <laughs> and the world has completely changed. It is mind boggling. So I love that performance early on. Uh, we fast forward. Uh, we see Kate go back home. Um, she's all bruised up, broken up. Um, her mother, excuse me. Her mother is, you know, cleaning up her wounds and they're talking and Kate drops the bomb on her about uh, Jack 
having this shell corporation and uh you know working for the big guy and all this here and you know which later on leads to Eleanor calling the police on Jack doing the research allegedly and having him arrest uh, arrested but uh you know <laughs> I think there's more to it than that we all know anybody with a pulse know and been watching television enough to know watching movies enough to know that that went a little too easy yeah there's more to it than what meets the eye we Eleanor got a trick of her sleeve of course we know Eleanor Bishop in the comics is a villain so is just waiting for that to come to fruition but we're not going to have to wait too long because we find out at the end of this episode. Uh, Kate goes to her apartment, the one that burnt down, <laughs> to get some of her stuff to go back home uh, to be with Eleanor. She enters the apartment, notices a window is up, um, turns around, and there's Yelena. I had to take a sip of water. And there's Elena standing there with some mac and cheese um <laughs> and they have another scene once again this scene no action they're literally just sitting at a table and this was and i'm gonna make a bold statement here this was probably the best dialogue scene dialogue driven rather in the mcu yelena basically interrogating Kate without interrogating Kate. Um, it wasn't, you know, threatening and, uh, you know, if you don't tell me I'm gonna do this and do that, it was none of that. But the acting here by both, by, by Florence Pugh and Haley Steinfeld, unbelievable acting. They were bouncing off each other. It was just awesome scene. I was I was sitting there enjoying that just as much as I enjoyed an action scene. Um, beautiful acting here. Um, Kate basically uh, what what made it beautiful? Before I go too far, what made it beautiful is Yelena is explaining to Kate because she can't understand why are you so infatuated with Hawkeye and she's explaining to Kate that this guy is not a hero. He's a murderer. He's murdered this, that, and the third, you know, he, he murdered my sister. And Kate is like, no, he didn't do that. He did not murder. It, it, it didn't go like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, how did it? Oh my God. I'm, I lost track. But anyways, um, Oh, we're like this. You're like, well, besides that, even, Taking that out the equation, Elena still tells her he killed this many people. He killed this many people. He has a, a a blood trail that wraps around the world. You know, he he is not a hero. And she wasn't lying. And Kate realized he wasn't lying. I mean, she wasn't lying. But at the same time, Kate hit her back with this. And she was like, well, you're here. Somebody hired you to be here. So you need to look into who hired you to come kill this man because whoever hired you to kill him 
is not on the up and up themselves if Clint Barton is that bad of a person. So it was it was they both had points. Everybody was nobody was wrong. And I think Elena respected Kate for that. It was they earned respect sitting at that table. Without having to fight each other, without having to uh 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 uh, get mad at each other or nothing like that because it was no screaming and hollering and fussing and there was not it was just a conversation and that's why i love this so much but it told so much and it expressed so much emotion without having to scream and holler and do all that throw chairs at each other shoot arrows and dodge this run up the wall you know shoot a uh a, a spider bite and all this here you didn't have to do that you know <laughs> everybody got their point across and that's what made it so beautiful. And so we lead we lead on. Uh, uh, Clint, he realized he has to do what he has to do. He dresses up in a rolling con uh, costume or outfit, one costume outfit, and goes and confront Echo. And they have a little battle. He uh, he takes out his her men didn't kill him uh but they have a little fight and he gets the upper hand on echo he tells echo well mouths it to her she can read lips and that he was just a blunt instrument of rage and somebody in the organization informed him about her father so basically they used roland or used clint to kill Echo's father. And so um, once he told her that it kind of registered with her, but yet and still she wanted to kill him because he pretty much openly admitted he killed her father. And so uh, this puts doubt in Echo's mind about the organization, preferably the big guy. And so um, one thing leads to another, uh, 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 she gets the upper hand back on him. She's about to kill him. Kate comes save the day. So, um, uh, uh, Echo runs off. Kate and Clint, they go back to Grill's apartment where they can get all patched up from the fighting and this, that, and the third. Well, at that moment, we see Elena is following Eleanor. Trying to find out what's going on with that. You know, that was why is she following Kate's mom? Is she going to threaten Kate's mom to get to Kate so she can confess or where Clint is or whatever? What's going on here? Well, that scene ends. We witness Eleanor going to this building. Yelena looks up at the building and kind of like, okay. Um, back at Grill's apartment, they're all sitting around the table. Kate gets a text from an unknown number and immediately she knows that it is Yelena. She's like, I found out who hired me. It was Eleanor Bishop, your mother. So at this point, Kate is like, what is going on here? And before she can ask a question, before she can text back in response, she texts, uh, uh, Yelena texts or well, sends a picture who is this with your mother? And um, she shows the picture to Hawkeye. 
or Clint Barton. And Clint informs her. Now, we never see the picture until after this statement. Clint Barton looks at her and says, well, that's the guy we've been worried about. That's the kingpin. And we see the picture and it's none other than what I predicted. Vincent DeRofalo from the who portrayed kingpin in the Daredevil series. He is back as kingpin in the Hawkeye series. Oh, my God. Fade to black. <laughs> that was the end of the episode. This was the perfect setup for the season finale or the series finale, whatever it's going to be. This is it. Um, so far, this show is the best of the MCU Disney Plus shows. I loved WandaVision. I loved Loki. I liked uh, uh, What If. And Falcon and Winter Soldier was all right. But this show is top notch, man. This was, this was an awesome show. And I don't know what's going to happen tonight with uh, season. I mean, episode six. But man, they better nail it. I'm praying they nail it. Uh, so far has been nailed. Uh, I would, I, like I said, I'm not grading episode by episode, but if I was, this would probably be one of the best ones. This would be an A plus episode. This was a great episode. Um, I love all the reveals. The story is moving. I'm so impressed how this story is moving along because these episodes aren't long. I think these may be 30 to 40 minute episodes. All of them, they're, they're, they're not long. And so <laughs> to tell so much, so fluently, that is great writing, great directing, great acting. All of it came together. This is perfect. I truly enjoy this show. So we have the season finale tonight, episode six of Hawkeye on Disney+. Plus. So everybody... Uh, we are jam-packed this weekend for Christmas, man. Um, <laughs> uh, this is this is gonna be fun. I, I once again want to. Uh, well, before I get to all that, uh, everybody, let me do my closing. Um, what are you looking forward to? Uh, any of these pique your interest? You have Don't Look Up on Netflix starting Christmas Eve. Uh, you have. The King's Man, uh, which has which is released in theaters right now. Also today, you have The Matrix Resurrections right now in theaters as well as HBO Max. And don't forget about Hawkeye, which is currently playing on Disney Plus. I was about to say another screaming service. <laughs> I had to hurry up and stop myself. But yes, you have all those goodies. Everybody listen to uh 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 uh, uh. Oh, I'm blanking. I got all the way to the end and blanked. Oh <laughs> let me just end the show. Uh everybody, uh let me know which one you are more excited for. Uh uh 
yeah, let me know which one you're excited for. Uh, you can email the show at kbradiopodcast at gmail.com. You can also leave a voicemail in the description below as well as support the show in this season of giving in the description below. Don't forget, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, don't forget to leave those five-star ratings and reviews. As well as, if you're listening on Spotify, don't forget to follow and hit that little bell icon to be notified whenever we drop a new episode here on the KB Radio Network. Share this show on your various social media platforms, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever it may be. Share this show. Let everybody know that you're listening, that you love it, and you want them to listen and love it as well. You can also find the KB Radio Network on various social media platforms by searching KB Radio Network. Uh, Everybody, uh, I want you all to know. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Have a Merry Christmas. Uh. I am truly happy this year. This has been a blessing of a year, especially when it pertains to the KB Radio Network. I am so happy for all the love and support that I've received for this show and our various other shows here on the KB Radio Network. You guys have no idea how much I appreciate and love you all for the support. Continue. Continue, continue to support the show because I will continue, continue to work hard to give you this content. So, everyone, please remember, I love you. Continue to love one another. And until we speak again, Merry Christmas and be blessed.